Hanlon, Kelper, and Adler got themselves and Watkins strapped into the escape pod. They knew it was a matter of seconds before the broadsword exploded. The pod let out a beep and then hurled itself down the launch tube. The crushing acceleration lasted only a few seconds, followed by a sudden weightlessness. Hanlon grabbed the med kit from the marked locker and rifled through it. She brought out the tool the Alliance had told them was for any open wound. Adler, unwind that bandage from Mr. Watkins, please. Adler complied, and the large gash in Watkins' stomach began to ooze blood into floating droplets. Hanlon aimed the long, thin cylinder at Watkins' injury and pressed the button. A fine mist sprayed from the end, and the bleeding immediately began to lessen. As they watched, the blood stopped, and a scab started building up in the wound. After less than a minute, the whole area was covered by a dense, thick scab that looked like the wound was several days old. Watkins groaned and began to stir. His eyes fluttered and then opened. He looked at the three people peering concernedly at him and said, What did I win? Nothing yet, Kieran, Hanlon said. Are you okay? Watkins looked around the pod for a second before saying, I think so. My stomach is pretty sore. Hanlon nodded and said, We used an Alliance first aid kit on you. Do you remember our orientation and direction of travel when we evacuated the bridge? Watkins nodded his head and said, Yes. He paused and thought for a moment before continuing. I don't think it'll do us any good. We were moving really fast, and we're halfway across the system from any of the moons that might be able to sustain us. I don't think the escape pod has enough thrust to get us onto a safe approach vector. Can we slingshot around anything on this side of the system? Kelper asked. No way. The pod's propulsion system is really limited. They're intended to either make an emergency planet fall from orbit or to be recovered after a battle. There's nothing like a gravity slope drive on them. It relies on a small set of chemically-fueled thrusters. Remind me to have us bail out on a pinnace the next time we have to abandon ship, Hanlon said. This thing is for the birds. If I recall correctly, the pod's endurance is pretty good, though. Something like nine or ten days for humans. Kelper nodded. That's what I remember, too. Since there's no way we're going to make planet fall, what do you think the odds are an Alliance ship comes to rescue us? Hanlon tapped her chin with the tip of her left index finger for a moment, while she considered the question. I think we have a good shot if the Saber made it out, and they send someone back as soon as they get to the Alliance base. Hanlon grinned at the other three occupants of the pod. Does anyone know any good games to play? The four shared a quiet, if tremulous, laugh. Watkins cast about the inside of the pod for a second before pulling himself to the only control panel mounted on the bulkhead. This thing has a small computer in it. Maybe there's something we can use it for. He tapped experimentally at the keys for a while, with everyone else watching expectantly. It looks like there's a general survival manual in here. Instructions for operating the radio, and a series of instructions for either making a safe landing on a planet or docking with another vessel. Nothing else in here. Care to read us the manual with your beautiful tenor voice, Kieran? Hanlon asked. Sure. Watkins said and dramatically cleared his throat before saying, In the event of... He trailed off and looked closely at the panel. Well, that's odd. What is it? Kelper asked. It looks like something is approaching. 
The proximity detector is alerting. It could be a ship. I bet it's the saber, Hanlon said. Hold off on the dramatic reading, Mr. Watkins. Zinder, take a look out the porthole and see if you can see the ship. Kelper drifted up to the single porthole and peered out. Her body suddenly stiffened. She spun around and said, It's a crab ship, ma'am. Hanlon's face blanched. Search for weapons. With luck, they won't expect us to be armed. Everyone started going through lockers and storage compartments. A remarkable amount of what looked like camping gear and food rations spilled into the area, careening around in crazy explosions of frantic energy. I've got them, Adler said. He held four small energy pistols. He passed three of them to the officers and then strapped the remaining gun to his waist. At that moment, the pod entered the crab ship's gravity field. Supplies, water, and people crashed to the floor of the pod as it drifted into the crab shuttle bay. Hanlon groaned and pushed up from the bottom of the pile. Adler, you need to lose weight. Adler put on a brave smile as he rolled off his executive officer. Sorry, ma'am. I'll see to it right after we massacre these crabs and take their ship from them. Hanlon gave the young petty officer a slight smile and nodded. I appreciate your zeal. I want everyone to hold their fire until I give the order. Kelper, what do you see out there? It looks like a small boat bay. There are several shuttles here. There's no one present. I think they use unpressurized bays like we do. They're probably maneuvering us to an airlock. The pod lurched to a halt relative to the crab ship. Get ready, everyone, Hanlon ordered. Watch your shots. It's crowded in here. Don't close with the crabs. They can rip a person in half with their claws. The tiny area filled with the muted click whine of people checking their weapons' charges and flicking the manual trigger safeties off. The door to the pod groaned and a crack appeared along its edge. There was a hiss of equalizing air and an odd smell began to fill the pod. The four humans raised their weapons as the door swung open. A crab stepped into the opening. His claws were raised and a tangle of meter-long tentacles hung from just above the joint between the claws and upper arms. Hanlon shouted, Fire!